and, and that match has been just sitting on my mind for, for all year. And I think that, uh, you know, going into it, like I was nervous, you know, but nervous because I was excited to like really test. I knew that, all right, I'm going to get tested in this match and I'm going to have to make a decision. Like, am I going to give in and get beat or am I going to fight through it and beat this guy? We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the, the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's, it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back at my time and I spent wrestling, if it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Wrestling Changed My Life podcast presented by Spartan Combat. This is your host, Ryan Warner. Our guest today is the great David Taylor, the magic man, the 2022 world champ. David's here to recap the past year for us from winning the Olympics in Tokyo all the way through winning this year's world championships. Fan of the week goes to our friend Ray Yagluski. That's Ray, Y-A-G-L-O-S-K-I-2 on Instagram, a supporter of this podcast. He's known as the Healthy Grappler. Ray, thanks so much for your support, man. We appreciate it. This episode is brought to you by the Frog Ninja preseason kickoff wrestling camp going down November 12th through the 13th in Oxford, PA. Go to frogninjawrestlingclub.com to register. This year's featured clinician is Morgan McIntosh, Kyle Snyder's main training partner, a Green Beret, an NCAA finalist and three-time All-American for Penn State. Go to frogninjawrestlingclub.com to register now for their 2022 preseason kickoff camp. And that's it, folks. Let's give it up for the great David Taylor. David Taylor. Back from the World Championships. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be back. And it's so exciting to have you on and to talk about what we're going to talk about, your epic win over Yazdani. And just the whole year from, man, the last time we spoke, probably about a year ago through now, I can't wait to hear all about it, man. Yeah, so, let's dive into it. Yeah, I mean, so all during the Worlds, all we kept hearing during the broadcast was David Taylor almost didn't wrestle at Final X this year. And I want to talk about, like, what's it like refocusing for a goal after you've already accomplished your lifelong goal? It was so difficult. Uh, this, this year, I think, was the most challenging year I think I've ever had. And I've had some challenging years in the past, but this one was just different. It had all kinds of different layers to it and different things that I hadn't really experienced before. You know, I think, I think it kind of dates back for me to uh, – you know, winning the world in 2018, 
you know, and having the momentum and at the time feeling like, all right, I'm, I'm back. I'm here. I've, you know, I've won the world. I'm going to start rattling these things off. I feel like I'm like untouchable. You know, that's kind of like what I thought, you know, and I, I had that mentality kind of going into that beat the streets match. Um, you know, that morning, like even that morning of, the, of that match, you know, like I had this meeting, it was like a super emotional meeting. Um, that just like, I was distracted. I wasn't even focused on being there. And I took wrestling Drew Foster for granted, really. And, uh, you know, I go out there for a scramble, boom, turn my ACL, you know, and I just think that was challenging because, you know, I was faced with this, you know, do I get surgery? Do I get surgery? Get back for the Olympic trials. I got 10 months. I'm like, boom, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump right into surgery right away, you know? Um, so I jumped right into surgery. I didn't really have time to prehab anything. So surgery was done pretty good. Then I kind of ran into some difficulties in my rehab because I had this like adhesion in my knee where I couldn't like bend it basically. And I was, it's kind of rare. Um, so I had to have second surgery, get that taken out. I think it was a little bit of a blessing because it delayed me getting back on the mat. But this entire time I was just training like a madman. Like I was like, okay, well, I got, I got to be back to look at trials. I'm at my peak, you know, like, um, and I was training hard. Like my mentality was like, my every day, my rehab, I was doing two, three sessions a day, whether it was rehab, if it was physical therapy, if it was massage therapy, if it was anything I could do to be like, I got to like get back. And my, my rehab was going slower than I wanted it to go. So I was kind of frustrated. Then I had that second surgery. Um, then I kind of, I didn't get back on the mat until like January that year. And then I think 12 weeks later, I wrestled the Olympic trials qualifier, qualified the weight. So it was just like a tunnel vision and I was back and I was ready. And I believe I was ready to make the team. Then everything gets delayed. The day, we, the day I qualified the weight for the, for the Olympics, um, that, that, that night was every, everything was shutting down in, in Canada. So we drive back over the border, everything shuts down and I'm still like in training mode. So I'm like, okay, I'm back. I'm healthy. I just kept training in my garage. Like again, like these crazy, like I'm like, okay, well now I can make some gains. And I was just training in my garage hard. Um, then like like wrestling training or like, like coach cow training. Like, yeah, Coach Cal training, like these, like, I mean, my work, I was literally in my garage screaming and crying every time. I'm like, why am I doing this? This sucks. But I'm like, I'm doing this because I want to win, you know? Like, I got to make up time. I haven't been doing it. So I just, like, I think doing that, training through, um, you know, I wrestled, like, that Miles Martin match, you know, and I, I'm used to wrestling 30 matches a year. You know, now I didn't wrestle for a whole year. Then I wrestled two matches. Then I'm, like, off for another extended period of time. And it really started to hit me, um, after that match, because then I had another long layoff. And, uh, you know, before I wrestled again, then I wrestled Burroughs in that match in January. And I just wasn't, again, I was just like, just in, I just kind of struggling with just like focus and because I just been just training nonstop, basically. Then, um, and I started to get really burnt out during that period of time. And then I was able to refocus for Olympic trials, push through the Olympics, you know, because I'm like, okay, finally, now I'm like, this, my lifelong goal is within reach. Um, and then the Olympics happened. And then, you know, I came home that I achieved this dream. I'm like, all right, this is great. I'm like so happy to be back. It's been this long way off. Uh, and then we come back and I'm just like right back, you know, Ken and I go back to work like the next day, you know, it wasn't like any, I literally flew back and we had our grand opening of our store, KT Roots downtown. So you were just, you know, we just jumped right back into life and we never really had time to like decompress. And that just lasts this whole year. So when you answer me, like, what was it like this year? It dates all the way back to then. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we just never really took a break. We didn't go on vacation. Like we didn't, you know, we had, we have two kids now. Like it was just like things in our life were just moving so fast that we were just like, 
I feel like kind of trying to just always play catch up. So this year was just, I was just burnt out, like really burnt out. I was like, I, when I say I was really contemplating retiring, like I was like many times, even up to like four weeks before the world championships, I was really considering not going. And, uh, even after so final X after final X. Yeah. So you know, why did got, you, why did you decide to compete in Oslo? Was that a tough decision or an easy decision? Yeah. I regret that. No, I regret it. I, I literally regret it every day still to this day because I achieved what I wanted to achieve, you know? And then I'm like, well, I missed the 2019 cause I wasn't healthy. I missed 2020 because we couldn't compete. I'm healthy. I have a chance to win another world championship. I should go. But that eight weeks, I was not focused. Like I was like in and out of the room. Um, I wasn't really training. And I just kind of was riding the momentum from the Olympics. But like I told you, like I was pretty much burnt out mm -hmm. um, from the training, like the training side of things, you know, because like I've just been training so hard for so long and had this expectation of excellence since I was a kid. And uh, I think it was just kind of caught up to me of like, why am I really kind of doing this type thing, you know? And still had a good world championship. And I'm, you know, I had, I had a minute to get a takedown and I just didn't get it. So like, I was still so close, but I was not there mentally. Mm -hmm. um, and that ate at me. This, like it eats at me every day because that's just not the way that I want to compete. Um, so I don't know. I just wasn't there for the right reasons. You know, I just wasn't aware of the right reasons. And this year I battled with that stuff all year. And I just kept telling myself, you know, like, hey, listen, if I can just get out of my own way, then I'm going to be, I'm going to be great again, you know? Mm -hmm. And it took me until like, I don't know, two weeks before I wrestled to finally get out of my own way. Uh, and then I had probably maybe my best performance I've ever had, you know? And I just think I just, uh, and I feel now I feel refreshed because I feel like I've, you know, kind of, I haven't felt like this in a long time, mm -hmm. you know, I feel refreshed. I feel like, it, um, you know, I, I was kind of, I could do things differently. You know, I didn't have to like kill myself every day training, you know, I can 30, I'm going to be 32 years old soon. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's a trial and error process. And, uh, you know, we, I, we have a lot of things going on here at home and, you know, to be able to, I, I, I told myself to win this world championship was going to be, I think my greatest victory I've ever had, because it was the first time in my life that I really questioned, like how much do I really want to be wrestling? Cause I like doing a lot of other things. Um, and to just, I just was not in the shape that I wanted to be in. I didn't have the preparation that I wanted to be or what I'd had the last five years. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I, I think it comes down to just being a competitor, you know, having that will to win. And I had a game plan that I developed and I stuck to it and I executed it exactly the way I wanted to execute it. Um, and, uh, you know, I had my most dominating performance, so it's, uh, it, it feels really good. And I feel like now I'm refreshed for the next couple of years, knowing that it can be different and I can still have the same success. Yeah. Like just listening to it, it sounds like two things. One is you never really got to enjoy the Olympic victory. Like you never had like the victory lap where you really celebrate it. And that's a, if you study like the stories of like heroes and myths, one of the key parts is after an, a, a close encounter with death, which is the Olympics, you almost lost, which would have been a death to you. You didn't have like the the postmortem to enjoy it. But then two, you're one of those guys that even when you're not motivated, you're still training hard enough, which is like most people just don't train that hard or train at all. So that's an interesting take is that you still had it to go through with it, even when you weren't super motivated. I think like, you know, my baseline is still higher than most people's peak. 
Mm-hmm. You know, my, my, in my mind, what's not like, say, all in commitment or in my mind, what's not, you know, being in my best shape is still higher than 99% of my competitors, you know? Um, and I've just been able to access over the last couple of years, one near damn near 100% of that, mm-hmm. but you can only sustain hundred percent so long. And this year, understanding that it doesn't have to be hundred percent all the time, but I can still access hundred percent. You know, I, I learned my, I guess that was the advice. Everyone's like, you know how to do these things. It doesn't mean you have to do them every day. You know, you're, you know, and I, so I feel like it just, it, it just taught me there's a different way to do it. Um, you know, and I, I think I'm better. I think mm-hmm. I'm honestly, I think I'm a better wrestler when I, you know, not feeling like I have to like go out and like, you know, oh, I got to exhaust this guy and I got to throw him down. I got to dominate him from whistle to whistle. Like this world championships, I just won. Cause I was just, I was a better wrestler and, and other things were complimentary, you know? And I think before I just was focusing on, I wanted to be the best wrestler, be in the best shape, be the strongest, be everything. Um, and that just takes a lot, you know? Uh, so I just feel like it's, uh, it, I have like a different excitement now, you know, like I feel like, okay, now I can relax. I can focus on being a, a really good wrestler, you know? And I think this, like this, it's crazy to be at this point in my career, be 31 years old, be Olympic champion, be world champion. And just, and like, I found a new way to get better against Jazdani. You know, I, I found a different way to wrestle him, to wrestle all of those opponents. I was getting turns on top. Like nobody touched my legs the entire tournament. You know, like I used to have this, like, I'll get with the first takedown and figure it out. That's the first time in five meetings, Yazdani, I got the first takedown. I give up zero pushups, you know? And I just said of all the things I had to go through this year and to have my best performance, um, that's exciting because now, I can focus on continuing to get better in other areas. Uh, and uh, that to me is very refreshing over the next couple of years. Um, but it just took me a long time to realize, you know, that there might be another way to do it, you know? Wow. It's cool to see that you had that kind of self-exploration even at this point in your career. So we're going to get to the Yazdani match because the game plan and the way you executed it was beautiful and it was a total domination. Four weeks out from the world, you said you almost didn't go. So how close did you get and uh, to call in coach Bill Zadek or, or your coaches and, and what was the turning point to get you over it? Well, I was a train, we were at training camp like six weeks before I wrestled and I just communicate with Bill how I was feeling. Um, and I was hurt. I just was dinged up a lot this year. Um, and I just said, you know, we've got to approach practice differently now. Um, it's gotta be a lot of, and I'm super honest, like I'm honest about how I feel. And uh, I'm really honest about my assessment of like my performance. Cause I'm a competitor and I want to, perf- I want to perform my highest level. And uh, so it was just a kind of a group effort. And uh, coach just was, you know, I just said, Hey, I- I've, you just gotta trust me and the way that I'm feeling. And I think each practice is gonna be a little bit different. And uh, he gave me some good advice. And then I came home from that. I got hurt at that camp. Um, I came home and I was pretty much off the mat for two weeks before I left. Um, I was on the mat, but it was pretty light. And, uh, you know, I was like really kind of at that crossroads. Like I'm not going to be what, um, what I want to be going to this world championships. Uh, and I just accepted that. And, you know, I just, I think it 
forced me to think of things differently when I was competing. And, uh, yeah, it was, I was, I was, uh, unsure for sure, you know, going yeah. into it. My wife asked me, she's like, do you think you're going to win? And I just said, I don't know. I, I honestly, <laughs> the first time for the first time that I can remember going to competition that I wasn't sure, uh, it's been a long time, but I just said to her, I said, if I can, if I can get healthy, then I believe I'm the best wrestler. And, uh, you know, when I say healthy, it was like in my mind too. The day I stepped foot in Ramstein, I was different, man. Um, I was different. And I just think my, com- my competitor side came up, came to, I was healthy. Um, you know, I was having really good practices for the first time really all year. And, uh, and each day, like, like I, I, you know, I just was a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. I mean, I got to the point where I was wrestling. I felt like I was going to throw up and I'm like, man, why do I feel this way? I'm like, well, cause I'm not in that good of shape, you know, what? for the way that, for the way that I want to wrestle, I wasn't really in that shape, you know? Um, but it came, you know, like, cause I, it came, but it came back pretty fast. And then when I got to the tournament, the lights clicked and I knew it. I'm like, okay, uh, I feel great. Um, I feel really confident in my plan and you know, I'm, I'm going to win. You know, I texted Kendra. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to win. And she's like, that makes me feel good. I can relax a little bit. And, you know, uh, so yeah, this was a different tournament. It was different, you know? And, uh, but I, I'm really like really happy, like really satisfied. I think for, you know, the way I felt after the Olympics and the way that the world's hit me and how disappointed I was, this one, like was, it just felt really good, you know, really good. Dude, you weren't kidding that you were really in your head before this one, like not sure how it would go. Like that's, and like you said, six weeks out, you're, you're off the mat for two weeks. That That's probably not uh, how you'd like to approach it being off the mat that long leading up to a big tournament. No, no. Like I said, this there was a lot of things that were different about this one, but I think like, you know, for, you know, for me, you know, for my competitors out there, you know, that, you know, maybe listening to this, right. Or whatever. I wrestled six matches this year. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe I was like a lot of, you know, I just showed that, like I said, I can just do it different. You know, mm-hmm. I, I felt, I really do believe, you know, in the six matches that right. When I wrestled Zahid in the first one, I was a little rusty because I haven't competed in a while. The second one, I was much different. Um, and by the time the worlds came, I built, you know, each one of those matches and I, I was scoring, I was scoring in different ways that uh, I haven't really scored in the past. And, you know, I just think that, you know, maybe I'm a little bit older, you know, but my motivation to win is as strong as it's ever been. You know, I, I'm, I, my expectation is to win every single, every single time I step on the mat. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this year I just was able, I guess I've said it many times, I've just admit, been able to like prove to myself that I can do it differently and I do believe that I was better in this world championship than I was in any previous competition than I was over the last few years. Um, and, I, and I think that that was only a fraction of what I can be in the next two years. And, uh, you know, that to me is really exciting. It gives me something to be refreshed about because this year I was trying to figure out like, why, what's next? Like, why do I want to do these things? And I think now I can further separate myself from my competition. And, uh, I feel like I've come, that's like come to full circle for me in my mind. And, uh, and that, that to me is really exciting. That's, that's exciting to hear because man, 
if there's levels up from there, that's a scary thought for the rest of the world. I mean, that's that's unbelievable. So moving forward, do you think you'll stick to this kind of lighter six to eight matches a year between now and Paris, or will you ramp up again and do like a tour in, in the future? We'll see. I mean, I think it's an assessment. Um, I want to wrestle the best events. You know, I'm not really interested in going to an event where I'm not going to wrestle the best people because that's mm -hmm. what is exciting to me. So, you know, we'll see, you know, if a super match or something presents itself, uh, you know, or, you know, there's a really good event or something that I can get excited to go compete at. And I, I said it at the world championships, you know, during, you know, throughout that process, you know, I was excited at the Olympics, you know, I was, I was not excited at the second world championships. I was excited to be here at this world championships, you know? So when I'm excited to be somewhere like, <laughs> I don't think I'm going to lose, mm -hmm. you know? So I just think it, I've learned, you know, in my career, it's just uh, find the places and, the, and things that, that make me excited. And uh, you know, then I, I'm going to perform at my best. Yeah. Have you, when was the last time you wrestled Nafanov from Russia? The Regan in 2018. Okay. Got so it. it's been a while. Yeah. So he was on the same side as Yazdani. So 18, I wrestled Krugliev that year because he beat Nafanov. Okay. And then in 20 and 21, Nafanov and Yazdani were on the same side of the bracket. Yep. Um, yep. But he's consistently won there, you know, so he's kind of been their guy. I've heard that Karubliev is going to transfer to another country. Um, and I would, I think these Russians are going to start transferring even at a faster rate than what they have before. Yeah. So I think that, you know, there's some good ones. There's like three or four pretty good ones at 86 kilos that I haven't had a chance to wrestle yet. So I would assume that I wouldn't be surprised if they're wrestling for somewhere else for the Olympics. Yeah. Um, and I think that our bracket depth will uh, increase. Yeah. Now that's uh, it'll be fun to see what shakes out there. And if we go to this year, you know, for you guys, it really didn't matter because you and Yazdani clearly the best at 86, you roll through the earlier rounds and really look great. And I love how after the semis match, you know, the Iranian fans are awesome and you give them a little nod, you wave them on, Bro, what was it? What did it sound like to see those guys that close to the mat when you started doing that? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just felt like this uh, when I went again, like I think because of like how difficult this year was for me, I just when I was out there, I was like, like I got chills now. Like I'm like, I, I loved it. I loved every moment of competing this year, the world championship. And uh, and I just it meant a lot to me to feel that way. So when I was out there, I'm like, this is awesome. Like. You know, I, I've achieved everything I want to achieve in the sport of wrestling. I'm here now because I want to be here, mm -hmm. you know, and I want to, I want to dominate these guys. I want to put on a show and I want to enjoy these moments, you know, and like their fan base is strong, you know, they're cheering and, you know, yelling and Yazdani were side by side and, and, and like there's a couple of matches, you know, so, you know, you got, we're the only weight class this year that had, you know, world and Olympic champion in the same weight class wrestling each other. Mm -hmm. and uh you know so that's a big matchup you know it was being marketed the entire time as the premier marquee matchup and um you know that was like that was awesome to like kind of go through that and um you know i like how like, they love it too though man they love it you know they you know they obviously love jb but man you getting out there you know you can't go to your instagram without seeing about a million iranian flags in the comments dude like they're they, uh, they definitely know who you are. And, and when you started, you know, waving to them, it was awesome because it wasn't like, like disrespect, but it was like getting them into it and they were like yeah. ready for it, you know? Yeah. Man, it, yeah. It was, was good. Well, I mean, that's like, you, you know, as a competitor, like you want, like, you want like hostile environment, you want, 
people that are like cheering for you and maybe booing against you a little bit, you mm -hmm. know, and, and like, you know, that that's what's going to be the next day, you know? And like, so just give them, you know, I don't know. I, I, I think that that's what makes our, our matches like really cool because their fan base, they travel everywhere. They're loud, you know, and they love Yazdani. So, you know, just having that opportunity to wrestle someone that's good, good, good of a wrestler, it's challenged me to get better. Um, and having, you know, that, that fan base that there's a lot of mutual respect, you know, there, which is pretty cool. I mean, this is a rivalry that will go down tops of all time, you know, top three, top two, and it's, it's happening right now. And it's, it's, it's awesome to see. So man, going into that match, I was nervous. I'm sure you maybe weren't as nervous, but I mean, everyone was just excited for it because, you know, we knew what happened last time and it was like, yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, he beat you in Oslo, but let's be real. Like you just won the Olympics. Like, I don't know if you were at tip top focus, but we knew you were going to be ready for this one. And we knew he was going to be ready for this one. So just kind of walk us through like the match in your eyes and how it went through. Yeah. I mean, you just the, kind of the, the history of our matches, like the first one, you know, um, probably had a lot to do with conditioning. Um, the second one, I think was a combination of conditioning and just, you know, six minutes of hard wrestling, you know, then at that point in time, he, he wrestled, me. he wrestled me like he wrestled everybody else. And I out wrestled him. Mm -hmm. um, then he had, you know, three years to prepare for me for the Olympics. Um, and I look at it, like at the Olympics, I was preparing to win the Olympics. And I think in his mind, he was preparing just to beat me, you know, um, and their plan worked almost perfectly. And he definitely changed it. He changed it for 2018 to 2021. And I didn't really change what I was doing. Um, and, uh, you because know, the Olympics, I, it was what one point, a one point lead with 20 seconds left. Or were you, was it tied with 20 seconds left? Yeah. So he got the shot clock point right off the bat. And then they called me for like a grounded flea in the hold. <laughs> and I went down two zero. Um, then I got the takedown two two. And then he pushed me out right after that. So I was down three, two at like minute 17 left. Okay. And then I got the takedown on that restart with like 20 seconds left to, to win by one. Um, you know, but like I had to work really hard to get that takedown, you know, those two takedowns. I think I shot 17 times in that, in that match, wow. you know, so it, it, I don't work and got two takedowns, you know, so like they, yeah, they obviously they had a good plan. And I think, you know, after that, he has like all, like all the like motivation for the next eight weeks, you know, and I'm just kind of, like I achieve what, what I want to achieve, but yeah, I'm going to you know go here and not that I was taking it for granted. It's just like at that level, you got to be hundred percent. in, And I just wasn't hundred percent. in, And uh, I, I don't get to a leg and not finish often. Like I, I finishing is something that I take a lot of pride in. And in that match, you know, like I, I didn't dominate it, it really in that first period. Mm -hmm. um, and he came out with kind of a different plan and he really like took it to me early. And, uh, you know, but then the second period, you know, I got that, got to his leg, get up in the air. And I just felt in my mind, like, I need this takedown. The push out's not enough. And I just got overextended and didn't get that takedown. That was a huge momentum changer. Um, I got the next takedown, you know, again, I'm a minute left. I need to take down a win. And I just wasn't really able to execute it, you know? So it's tough, you know, like I, um, you know, I just, I, I really don't like to lose. I hate losing, you know, and that's the first time I've been beaten in a long time. And I just kind of come back from that, like, you know, really questioning, like, well, you know, do, you know, like, you know, you're just, do I want to still be here and doing these things? Cause I'm not, I don't want to wrestle like that mm -hmm. because that's not what I'm in it for. Uh, and then this year, so going into this match, 
he had, I would say the momentum, you know, going into it, you know, kind of the, the new plan. So, uh, you know, I identified a few things that I needed to change. You know, I couldn't just keep wrestling him the exact same way. And, uh, you know, I had a very specific plan, you know, and, uh, I, I realized instantly from almost the first whistle that it was going to be different. Um, and I was able to execute those things. Um, I believe if I was in better shape, I could have tech balled him. You know, I just think I got to that point where I was okay and kind of content, you know, to be up seven to one. And, uh, so I think, I think I was, you know, I, I think that's exciting. Right. I think that, you know, but that's the beauty of a, of a match like that is now he's going to make adjustments. You know, he was kind of a point where he felt like he had the plan, you know, and I, and that was the first time that I had to make the adjustments. So mm-hmm. now we'll go back, you know, he's going to figure out what he needs to do. Um, and then I'm going to continue to make adjustments on how I can, well, hopefully continue to separate myself. Yeah. Um, and that's like the motivating thing for me, you know, in the world championships next year and the Olympics in 2024 is, you know, can I separate myself from my field? And if I can, how do I do that? Um, so that, that's, that's exciting. Um, that's exciting for me. So it was, uh, but it was a battle again, you know, but I out wrestled him in the positions that I need to out wrestle him in. Um, and make some really good adjustments. I think, you know, he's, he, he's going to be forced to have to make changes now. Um, but I, uh, you know, we'll see what those are, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was cool because in the first 30, 40 seconds, he might have popped an underhook in and there was a little bit of action on the uh, on the out of bounds and you circled in. But outside of that, there was nothing. He wasn't in the underhook and you were just all over the ankles. There was even a point in the second where I thought you might concede the takedown and a little bit of a scramble. And then you rescrambled him. And it's like there was just there was nothing going for him in that match. You just completely shut him down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was uh, I. I I, it was a huge match, right? For me in my career, that was a massive match because, you know, it, it was a real true crossroads because I, you know, I'd beaten him. I won. He beat me, you know? So it's like, if I go out there and I lose that match, I, you know, I have some serious things I got to think about, mm-hmm. you know, but to go out there and to wrestle the match that I did, you know, I feel like was, you know, it was a good testament to like my will, you know, because, you know, if you want to lose that one, you, you know, you come back and you're thinking twice, you know, about a lot of things, like I said. So I, I, I'm pretty happy with that performance. Um, and like I said, I think what that did is it just it validated and it refreshed me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel I just feel like that cloud that I had over the last year is gone. Um, I'm sure it'll come back, you know, over in periods of time. But I feel like I found ways to mitigate, you know, that feeling. So, and I really think I got it. I thank him. I really do. I, I told him on the, on, on the stands, you know, we we're going to award stand or whatever. I just said, you know, I said, thank you. And I'll see you next year, you know, because without him, I wouldn't have had the desire to have to make changes. You know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have the desire to continue to get better. So, uh, you know, I, I'm grateful f- for him and, um, you know, we're going to continue to make each other better. So when you're in a match like that, where, you know, there's so much writing on the match. And as you said, one of the most important ones in your career when you're 15 minutes out of the match in the tunnel, what are you thinking to keep yourself calm so you don't lock up in a big moment like that? You know, it's interesting because it, it goes back to uh, just years of preparation. You know, like I've been wrestling in, you know, finals matches, you know, at every level. Like, you know, you could say Tulsa Nationals when you're 10 years old and you're in the finals and you're running out there in the smoke 
and you're getting ready or you have a chance to win the triple crown because you won the last two before that. You know, I've been battle tested at the highest level my whole life. Um, you know, and as soon as people, as soon as it got to the point where people could reshuffle matches, my matches are being reshuffled to the end, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I've never been afraid to not wrestle the best guys. And I've been wrestling the best guys since the history of, you know, like every, you could, I mean, go back and how many times has flow wrestling said, you know, the match, the marquee match, the whatever it may be. And I'm a part of almost all of those at mm-hmm. every level, you know? So I just think that you've, I've learned, I've learned like, you know, times that I've, I've, I've gotten too excited, you know, times that I haven't been excited enough, you know, modifying your warm up. you know, like knowing like, do I warm up too early, too late, you know? Um, so that's all a formula that I've developed over 25 years of wrestling at the highest level. So, you know, this one, he's like, okay, this, I really, this match to me was bigger than the Olympics match. I really was. No. Um, yeah. To me personally, I think it was because I, I just knew I was going to win the Olympics. Like I knew that like going into it, I was going to win. Nothing was going to determine. But then after losing after that, I really had questioned this year. You know, like I had, I was the first time I've questioned a lot of things in a long time. So, you know, I, I, I and, and that match has been just sitting in my mind for, for all year. And I think that, uh, you know, going into it, like I was nervous, you know, but nervous because I was excited to like really test. I knew that, all right, I'm going to get tested in this match and I'm gonna have to make a decision. Like, am I going to give in and get beat or am I going to fight through it and beat this guy, you mm-hmm. know? And, and, uh, and, and although the score seven to one, like there were a lot of times in there where if I make, I made the decision to fight and make a difference and score, if I give in, then the momentum shifts, mm-hmm. you know, if I give up the push out, it shifts. If I get taken down, it shifts, you know, but to out wrestle those positions, then the momentum change It's you know, it's in my favor. So, and I've always, you know, wrestling, when there's wrestling things that happen, it always benefits me, you know? So, so I was, you know, I, I was excited, you know, about that. And, and honestly, it was, I was in the tunnel. We were in the tunnel loaded up to go out there, you know, we're standing there, you know, he goes out first, I go out second. And right there, I just was like, you know, reminding myself, you know, to believe in my abilities, you know, move my hands and move my feet. And, uh, you know, and at that point when you're like, okay, well, if I do those things and I get beat, then he's better than me. Um, if I do those things and I win, then you execute what you want. And I was at peace walking out there and, uh, and was able to go execute what I wanted to do, you know, and that was pretty good. And I tell my kids at M2 all the time, I'm like, when you're at the base, I tell them for a state tournament, before Super 32, you know, it's like the best guy doesn't always win. The best guy wins a lot, but it's a person that believes in themselves, you know, and, you know, I'm walking out there and I'm just like, I can't tell my kids something and not, and not uh, do the same thing, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be a hypocrite. So I just reminded my, I was like thinking about that in my head. I'm like, let's go. Let's believe in yourself. Let's go get this. You want to be here. You want to get it done. Let's go do this. You know? Um, so that was fun, man. It was fun to watch. And that's, that's a win where I hate to even speak it, but that might retire someone like you as Donnie. I mean, that was such a shutdown that oof, tough to tough to come up from there. What does the champ do after winning the world title? What'd you do that night with the family and the teammates? So that's, you know, it's different. You know, my wife and kids came out, both my girls came, my daughter turned one that day, you know, one year ago, you know, like one year ago, we were in the hospital, you know, my wife was giving birth and I left like two days after that to go to the world championships, you know? So it's like, it's crazy to think what that year has been like, 
So, you know, my, my godfather, who's been traveling to events since I was a little kid, came to Fresno Kids Nationals when I was like 12 and under, and he's <laughs> been to pretty much everything since then. You know, he came, you know, my mom and dad were there. Two of my buddies from college, Brian Pearsall and James English, they traveled out there to be there. Um, you know, and just like, it was just, it was, you know, to be able to spend time with my, my family, you know, like my, my mother-in-law traveled out to help with the kids and it's just, it was just low key, you know, we just met at a place, had some pizza, you know, like just kind of celebrated and just for my wife and I, it was literally like, I just kept telling her like, I mean, I just can't believe it. You know, I just can't believe that I had the tournament that I had because you know, her, her and I had a lot of hard conversations this year, you know? Um, and I just, I couldn't do it without her. Like she's my support staff. She's the one that like, she's like, dude, you need to get, get in gear. Like you need to get focused, you know, like you gotta, <laughs> you know, if we're making the sacrifices as a family for you to achieve these things, then, you know, then you got to decide it, you know, like I'll support you, whatever you want to do, you know? And, uh, so it's just sharing that moment with her. It's like, you know, as we go further, it's truly a team victory, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's just, you know, it's, it's pretty cool. And from my, like, you know, London, like she's, she's two and a half. So she was like, you know, all she, I told her before I left, I said, Hey, I'm, I'm going to work, you know, I'll, I'll see you soon. And, you know, I'll come back with a gold necklace. And then as soon as I won, she just kept asking where my, her gold necklace was, you know, and all she wanted to do is wear her gold necklace, you know? So she was pretty pumped, but the kids yeah, have elephant was, memories, don't they? They remember everything like that. Yeah. My, my daughter's sponge. She, she's, she's, uh, she remembers everything. So it was, so that was cool. It was chill. It was low key, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, I just appreciate them. Well, it's cool to watch it, to hear it now because, you know, so you now you're on this, this new platform called live trained, which we'll talk about here and on live trained. It's a <clears throat> subscription based platform. You have, you had a docu series following you around 16 weeks out of final X all the way through the worlds. And I'm through episode seven now and shout out to whoever did it. Cause it's, it's awesome. And it's, you know, that's a lot of content. You know, I've done docu-series. That's a lot of content to shoot and to put all of it together uh, in all those episodes. And so it was cool to see, you know, you going down to Florida, going out to Colorado, you know, the recovery day where it's like you go into any wrestling gym, you're a superstar, but at home, you're just a dad again. Right. And you get, you get humbled real quick. And so it's just cool to see that and like what it's like behind the scenes for you. So Talk a little bit about the docu-series and how that got going. Yeah. So, you know, live trains, a new platform. Um, <clears throat> it's, it's pretty cool. We, you know, we're continuing to build content on there and, and content, something that, you know, it takes time. It takes time. You know, that docu-series, you know, is to start from scratch uh, and work on it, but you know, it's, it's a, you know, it's crazy. Like you, you shoot for like three, four days and you get 15 minutes of, of a clip. You know, so it's, it's a different type of fatigue too, like mentally when you're like talking and you're, you're sharing your life. And I, I just wanted to give like a real, like honest perspective of my life, not just like the social media thing where it says Instagram is my highlight reel. This is cool. It's like, this is a real, you know, trial and error process of what I'm feeling and my, you know, that what was going on this year, you know, and really it's, it's a process that we're going to document through Paris in 2024. And, uh, it's been a real fun process, you know, and they, they followed me out to the different places that I've gone and we're given, given like a real true inside look of like what it takes to, you know, to be a champ, you know, what it takes at this level and how it's evolved and changed, mm -hmm. um, you know, with the different things that I'm doing. Um, so it's been, it's been a really fun process. I think we have nine episodes on there. Um, and then we're going to go through, you know, they, they left, they travel with me out to the world championships. That episode's going to be really cool. Um, 
bro. I can't wait for that. That's going to be really cool. Yeah. So they were there, you know, and like just kind of the whole process. And I shared with them, you know, not to kind of spoil it, but like we, I did sit down uh, with them. I was, you know, that morning of the finals and I was eating breakfast and, you know, we talked and I was just talking to him about it. And I was just saying, you know, Hey, you know, you're wrestling as Donnie in the finals, you know, and like, I got two choices here, you know, I have a plan, you know, and now it's up to me to execute that plan. And, you know, I think as a competitor, you got two things, right? You can practice something all the time, but you usually go back and just do what you're comfortable with, right? And I have years and years of doing something one way, mm-hmm. you know, and you go out there, whistle blows, and typically you just go right back to doing what you've been doing. Mm-hmm. And I said, if I do that, then this match is going to be really hard. But if I go out and execute what I've been working on, I have the ability to make the match not close, you know, and that was like what I thought about. And to, you know, now fast forward 12 hours later, you know, and, and to truly be able to do that was pretty cool. So I think that's going to be a really fun clip to be able to share with people. Um, you know, it's, it's live training, live train.com. You know, a lot of my content is exclusive on there right now. And we got the docu-series. I got technique videos on there. Um, you know, we're going to develop other, other things, podcasts. And then we have a component with my club uh, where I'll be live streaming classes from my facility in State College to their facility in New Jersey, um, you know, kind of, you know, growing the M2 training center brand as well. So it's a really cool partnership uh, and continue looking now that the world championships are over to kind of dive into it and continue to build. But, you know, obviously I think it'll be a really cool thing for people to follow. Yeah. And it's cool that it's, it's dedicated to boxing, MMA and wrestling. And a lot of it's like on-demand technique. So you could buy like David's, I'm butchering this, but maybe you're like your top game series and that's a set cost. And you can also buy the, the scrambling series and that's a cost. So, it's cool because I always think about, you know, all these people I've had on my podcast, they're all champions. They're all winners. And before the internet, the only way that happened is if you got lucky enough to live in a district with a good coach. Like if you lived around some shitty coach, you basically were on your own, you know? So I always think about the kids who are from the country or from these rural areas. I don't get people like you or like Izzy style or like, um, you know, like the Arizona guys, the Valiant guys, right? If you don't have those top-notch coaches, it's really hard. So I love how, you know, back in the day, flow and through now this live stream flat platform, it's giving kids who, if they don't live around a, a good coach, still the, you know, the resources to get better. I, I think, you know, and I, when I just think about this a lot, you know, like I lived in Wyoming, you know, uh, and, you know, back then, you know, my dad just bought all the technique videos that he could buy. And I just learned with my dad, you know, and, and down a basement, you know, I was 55 pounds. He was 200 pounds, you know, like I'm, and I'm, I'm just trying to retain this information and I've always had the ability to like retain it and then go do it, you know, um, where now it's like something like this is now makes things so much more accessible to people, right? Mm-hmm. Whether you're in the best club and you want to enhance what you're doing or you don't have the resources, but you want to get better. Well, now there's so many resources to get better. And that's something that I, I really want to do now is continue to build the resources to help people continue to achieve their goals and get better and think of th- think things differently and critically. Um, you know, I think when I coach, I break things down, uh, you know, just like real ha- specific hand placement, foot placement. Um, and I, I really believe as I continue to build this the content on live train, it's, it's a really, it's an online coaching tool where people can go and, and really get better at wrestling because I can't go and be everywhere you know, but I think with live train, like I can make that accessible and any, any people from everywhere can, and it can access it, yeah. you know? And I think that's, that's something that I, I, the vision that I have for that. Yeah. It's cool, man. And you go on there for the technique, but also the, 
the, the docuseries is really fun to watch. I just got a couple questions from the docuseries that I wanted to run by you. Um, the first being, you know, one of the episodes you really dive into your garage workout, and that's something that Coach Khaled sent you, this, this seven exercises, 30 on, 30 off. When you're going through your week and planning the wrestling part of it, is that something you're like the head coach of, or is that something the Nittany Lion coaches and you guys are building out each week and month, like what you're going to do that week? Um, so I think, no, I, I, I would say like the, the training, like I have those training days that I communicate with, with coach Cal. Um, and then our wrestling is set, you know, it's just a set schedule. So, you know, it's just like, if, if I go in there, maybe I modify the wrestling that I do with the partner I choose. Um, but it's not like it's structured around specifically what mm-hmm. I'm doing, you know, like it's, you know, I'm just, we're part of like a, a much bigger picture, you know, and like, we all kind of have our own strength and conditioning um, that we may do on different days, but we're all on the same wrestling schedule. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously I think you can modify your partner choice, right. You can go with, you know, world Olympic champion, you know, uh, and that's going to be a really hard workout. Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe you go with somebody, somebody else that's still going to be a really hard workout, but maybe a little different, maybe a little smaller than you. Right. And I think that's where I've learned to moderate, you know, it's like, you can't give a hundred percent here and then a hundred percent here. Like I could at one time, but like now I just, I can't really do that anymore. Mm-hmm. So to knowing like if I've given a hundred percent in one area, then I need to be honest about where, where I can give the rest of my, you know, effort, you know? And I think that's just, uh, that was this year kind of learning that was, was, was something, but, uh, you know, just blessed to have great coaches that, that I can talk to about these things and, you know, they can help, help me navigate these waters and, you know, do I can go out and get my best performance, you know, when I need to. Yeah. Well, I just know like you put a lot of time into your top game in the gut. It's evident you've been working on the gut. So I didn't know if that's something where like you just look at your game and say, Hey, I need to get better on top. Or if that's something where the coaches say, Hey, between now and, you know, over the next six months, we're going to work on different iterations of, of the gut wrench. So coach Varner, you know, he, he's our Line wrestling club coach. So he, he's really taken over. And this year was an effort for all of us. Like we spent a lot of time in parterre because I think we're all in that spot where like, you know, we're in great shape. We're going to get takedowns, but we can make our life a lot easier if we get turns, you know? And, uh, you know, we all this year got better. We all were getting turns, you know, in our matches and it makes a big difference, you know, like one turn, two turns, that's two or three less takedowns. That's, that's three, four or five less times. I got to get under somebody and build up and, you know, the wear and tear on my neck and my shoulders and my back, you know, but if I have to right? the world championships, like my first two matches got turns, then against Kazakhstan, I got five takedowns against Yazdani. I got three takedowns, right? So if I didn't have to get 20 takedowns in the tournament, you know, it's just those first couple, you, you can save a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one thing that like Sedgel Ayev has done great in his career is like when he can tech a guy in 30 seconds, he does it, gets one takedown, gets five guts, boom, match over. And then if he has to wrestle a little more, but he doesn't have to wrestle full matches very often, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's like, okay, well, you want to prolong your career. Well, you don't have to wrestle a full match. You don't need to get, you know, you don't have to. So that was cool. And I think a lot, I'm, I'm very critical and analytical of my performances and my practices. So I'm really honest, you know, I'll go up to coach Casey and be like, Hey, I, I need to get work on this. What do you think? You know, or I, I, uh, I think, you know, I need to, you know, what do you think about this? And it's a lot of discussion. Um, I've been working with him so long you know, that we know each other really well. And uh, we've been able to just fine tune those things. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's exciting to just have that relationship with him and continue to, you know, make improvements. Well, I think you you look at the John Smith era, you know, once he got into the 90s, his top game went through the roof and he was leg lacing people like crazy. I mean, that was like, you had to watch out for that more than anything. And if 
the last worlds he had where he was only wrestling 91 in Japan, he checked everybody. And it's like a lot of it from the top. So it's, it's awesome to see you guys moving in that direction. Then the other cool thing about the docu-series, one of the episodes you go back and talk about training with your dad in the basement and you would watch matches and you watch like Doug Schwab do a takedown or finish a takedown and then you would go emulate that. And it was cool to hear about how when you were a kid, your goal wasn't to win, it was to dominate. And I just was wondering if you could talk a little about where that comes from. Like who was like your motivation to wrestle like that? I mean, Coach Kale, you know, like I, I was just a kid, you know, when, when he was... <clears throat> So 2004, when he won the Olympics, I was 13, you know? So when he was winning in, in, in the college, you know, like I was eight, nine years old mm -hmm. and just watching him, like the joy he wrestled with. And I just remember, I just remember, so every year I go down there or every time I go to a practice, um, I would think, cause I didn't, I only had a few practices a week. So we traveled so much, you know? So I was thinking about all this stuff that I had learned that week from like watching whatever I was watching and how to implement it. So I'd be down in the basement, jumping rope or lifting or whatever it was. And I would just put, I, I didn't like watching technique videos. I liked watching real live matches because that's how I could see it and learn it. I like, I, my favorite thing was watching highlight videos where I just clipped things together because I could see it and I could like, be like, oh yeah, I can do that. So, you know, watching his, the way he wrestled and like specifically like his highlight videos, I'm like, I can emulate those things and I want to. And he was the only guy that was trying to go out to dominate people. And, you know, early on in my career, I was like, I was a cement mixer guy or neck wrench guy, you know, and I pin people, but if I wasn't pinning them, I'd get real frustrated. And my dad just finally was like, you are, right, we're not doing that anymore. Like you got to go out and score points. You have to do five different takedowns and you can pin the guy and you have to do this. And now I was motivated. I'm like, okay, five different takedowns. I'm going to do that. Mm -hmm. And then I just, I could score so many ways. And then, you know, I, I, I you know, at that, at a young age, you, you want to win the outstanding wrestler. And that's like most pins, least amount of time. And it was hard to get five pins on somebody, but it was actually easier for me to get five tech balls, you know, cause I could go down and just start rolling people up with points. You know, I have five tech balls and next close guy have three pins and I'd win. So it was like validated, like the effort, you know, and mm -hmm. I think just had the ability to score in every level that I went through, you know, from youth to junior high, junior high to high school, high school, college, it was always like, okay, you did it here, but can you do it the next level? Oh, you did it here. Can you do it the next level? You know, and it was just like, I was a challenge for me and uh, to be at the highest level and to still be, you know, the majority of my matches are text or pins, you know, it's just, uh, just continue to innovate and just have that mentality. Like if it's not a tech or a pin or something, I just don't feel satisfied that I gave my best performance, you know, and I've had that expectation for my wrestling since, you know, I was just a little kid. What's well, cool how you said, if you outside of the highlight clips, if you actually watch some of the matches, they weren't all high scoring, but Kales was like the only match where he was still wrestling basically like a highlight clip, the whole match. Yeah. It was, I mean, just, he was on guys all the time, you know, it was like fun. It was like a game for him. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's just been trying to, you know, have that mentality, you know, of just like, it's like a game, you know, how to continue scoring. So he's had a huge impact on my career. Even before I was with him, he had an impact on my career. And even now, um, you know, he's not, a, he's a man of few words, but when he says something, it's, you know, he really cares about all his wrestlers, you know, and like, he doesn't ever really just say something to say something, you know? And, and so, you know, not, you know, not only do you, you know, you don't, I don't always listen, but you know, that's, but what, when I, but sometimes I think back, I'm like, yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. You know, like, obviously, like if he has something to say, you know, it's like, it's a way that he's trying to help me.
So um, he just, you know, he's always really cared about me. And, um, you know, it's just, he's just had a huge impact on my life and on my career and on the sport of wrestling, obviously the way he did it, but has impacted me in the way I wrestle, which has mm-hmm. had a big impact on the sport of wrestling. You know, now, all those, cool. all those Penn state guys wrestle like absolute marauders like that. I mean, we just had Bo Nickel on. I mean, he was, he was doing what you were doing to kids same way, just, just rolling people up. And that's that Kale Sanderson style. So awesome to that doc. I mean, getting back to the doc series, that's all talked about in there live trained, check it out. Um, and for the wrestlers and the parents, you know, the technique videos will be more, uh, more focused to you. It just reminds me like, man, you got so much going on. You own several businesses. You own the M2 training facility you own, uh, or your wife owns a, a juice shop, K2 roots and then scrap life. I don't know if you're just sponsored by them or if you're involved in the ownership of that as well, but man, you got a lot going on right now. Yeah, I do. You know, uh, it's, it's a lot, you know, I, I think that, you know, I'm, I'm an ambitious person and I always want, I think I didn't ever want to be that like a wrestler that just wrestled. And then it was like, now what type thing, mm-hmm. you know? So I think over the last five, six, I, I would say it was like 20 right out of college. You know, I had a couple sponsors, you know, my life was pretty easy. You know, I just wrestled. I had a couple sponsors. I was getting checks and then I wasn't winning and those checks went away, you know? And then you're like, Oh shoot, man. It's not just like, you're not just going to make this money like this forever. You know, you can only do so many clinics before, you know, you just get burned out of the clinics or whatever. Like you has got to be something more sustainable. So I just picked two things that I like doing, you know, wrestling with the club and nutrition. And, uh, you know, we started those businesses and it's, it's, it's like, it's, it's consistent income, but it's also longevity. So, and it's things that we like, and we, we have a, a lot of other people that we can help and, and, and impact doing those things, which are things that we're very passionate about. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you know, in the days when I decided that I'm done wrestling, I had different avenues. It's not like I have to figure out, well, what's next. Um, so I think that was really what the ambition was to start that way. You know, I was never like an entrepreneurial person. Like my, my family wasn't entrepreneurial neither were Kendra's really, but that was just kind of the route that we chose. But by doing that, it's just like, it's, uh, we have a lot going on. You know, we got like a lot of employees, you got taxes, you got things that go wrong. You got things that break. You got, you're constantly doing something, you know, mm-hmm. you're always on call. You can never turn it off. So, you know, it's a, it is, it's tiring, but it's uh, it's very rewarding too. So um, it was just kind of like the route that, that we chose. Um, and I'd say it's uh I said it's 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 challenging it's busy but it's uh it's something that we that we also uh do enjoy doing and specifically the club um you know when I started it it just started it um and I you know I didn't know like if I was going to really like it you know and I think a lot of people just thought that I was just starting it but I was ever going to be there and didn't really care but now you know we're six years into it Mark McKnight and I started together first practice and, you know, now we're, we're still in it and our first kids are kind of like starting to graduate, go to college. And we're in that first generation of kid, like start to finish that like, mm-hmm. they started with us when they were little kids and now they're seventh and eighth grade. And it's just really cool to see their progress. You know, it's, it's like, it's so rewarding this weekend. We were just out at the premier national league. It's like the first event that we had, there's eight clubs around the country that are competing in this league and our kids, we went out, uh, we had 101 matches against the best, you know, club, best kids from, you know, all the clubs in the country. Um, and we won 68 of the 101 matches. So we almost won 70% of the match that we wrestled out there. So, you know, it's, it's pretty cool to be six years in and be competing at that level. 
Um, you know, we had some really good, good things. You know, we had some things we got to work on, but you know, it's like, we have a, right now it's Mark McKnight, myself and Brad Pataki. And, you know, there's times when I am gone, I'm competing and I'm not there, but you know, it's like, as soon as I was back this week, I was back at practice, you know, I was back at practice and I went out to Chicago. We had a golf, I got back Monday. I was at practice on Wednesday. We had our golf outing Friday. Mark and I uh, got up Friday, Saturday morning at 5 a.m., flew there, got an Uber straight to the venue, put the kids to work that warm up, coached all day, got on the plane the next morning, flew home, you know, and then we'll be back to practice tonight. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's just really cool. And now these kids, these families are relying on us to help them, you know, to help them like with their training and their preparation. And it's evolved from just running practice. Like we have plans for the kids, you know, we have setting a plan for the club, you know, and, uh, it's a pretty, it's a pretty big commitment, but, uh, for the family as well as for us as coaches. Um, but I, I'm so glad that I started it because I love it and I'm so passionate about it and wrestling and training, like coaching club and training, like it's 50, 50 for me. Like, it's not like one dominates the other one. Like I love them both equally. And I think they both are helping me, you know, together too. So it's pretty cool. Well, that's why I mentioned is dude to run a club in an elite club like yours. I think about like Jody strip matter in his club. That's full time for him. And he's not also training to be an Olympic champion. So, but like you said, you're going to this stuff. I mean, you're wearing the PNL hat and that's why I mentioned it, man. Like that's, that's a full-time gig to be a, to be a coach. I mean, to even be a high school coach, let alone a full year club coach. So it's awesome that you're so into it. And we'll just sign off with this. So you mentioned the PNL is this league of eight clubs. I call them like, like, I don't know, not super clubs, but just like the top AA of like the clubs in the country. Um, I know a lot of Iowa people are a little hurt that TJ didn't get the invite, but I'm sure there's a story for that, but I don't want the Iowa people assaulting me. Um, tell me what the PNL is. Like, so you said it's eight clubs and you guys get together and do dual meets or tournaments. Yeah. So it's eight clubs from other country. So it's, um, Century training center, young guns, ask friends, wrestling Academy, pinnacle, uh, Zach Dominguez, NWC, Valiant prep, Eric Larkin, um, and, and Angel Cejudo, Cormier's club. And, uh, Izzy style. Izzy style. So, you know, those are the eight clubs. Um, you know, we, 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 I think we've all talked about doing something like this for a long time. Uh, and we kind of just got together and did it, you know, and I think, you know, we're going to expand to more teams next year and more teams after that. And, you know, I'm just, I'm grateful to be a part of it. Um, I think it's a great event for our kids. I think it's a great, um, I think it's something that's sustainable. You can set a schedule around it. I think the biggest thing that's frustrating is as a club, you have, you know, you have these kids and you, you know, there's so many events out there, right. And you kind of get forced like, well, I can fill half this dual team, but I can't really fill the other half. So I got to go out and like get kids for these things. And it's just like, you never really have a true representation of your club in a dual format because you're competing against purely all-star teams, you know, and so you, you do that, that part of it's a little, a little frustrating. So, mm-hmm. you know, now we're like, now we go and what you do is, you know, we all would go there and we rank our kids tier one, tier two, tier three, tier four, based on, you know, different criteria, nationally ranked state champion, state placer, state qualifier, right. Mm-hmm. Pennsylvania is a little different because, you know, I think, you know, a state qualifier in Pennsylvania is weighted a little heavier than maybe a state placer in a different state. So then we talk about it, but essentially it's like, you're just grouping them together. So this weekend, like, if you're a tier one kids from all the clubs and those weight classes are all together. So, and then you're wrestling in a round robin format. So this weekend, I mean, there were, there were national kids that 
won one match. You know, there wow. were kids that, you know, weren't nationally ranked, but beat three or four nationally ranked kids. So I think it's a great thing where you know that you're going to go, you're going to get six, five, four or five, six really good matches in one day. Um, we, we can be there. We can set the schedule. You know, we can sit there and, and we can be kind of coach all the different kids. Um, and then we can reassess. And, the, you know, it's because it's small in the beginning. There's only eight clubs. Like we can say like, all right, this is what was good. This was, wasn't as good. We can make adjustments. And then before it gets really big, it continues to grow and we add more clubs. Mm-hmm. So I think that it will grow clubs, you know, in the, around the country because, um, and it gives the kids in the clubs a platform for college coaches to look at kids to recruit them. So this weekend we had, you know, different socks for different age group kids. So, you know, red, white, blue, gray. So a college coach can say, wow, this kid's pretty good. Well, he's a freshman and they can see their, they can track the results. Hmm. Maybe a kid starts in the, in the B tier, has a really good tournament, wins it. Now the next tournament, they bump up to the A tier. We can see, you can kind of track their progress. I think this weekend there were 40 college coaches that were there watching these kids compete. And uh, you know, so I think it's a great, it's a great platform for the kids and the clubs and consistent. Um, So I'm I'm excited, you know, obviously getting us started. Izzy ran this first event and he blew it out of the park. I mean, the refereeing was great. The tournament was ran really well. Um, You know, and the wrestling was really good. It was good for our middle level kids and our highest level kids um, to get a chance to compete. So It'll just keep getting better. We have a fifth through eighth grade event in uh, Arizona in January. uh, And then we'll have a fifth through 12th grade event in Pennsylvania in April. And that one will be huge. Um, And I think another element that's cool about it is, you know, we have requirements that you have to be a certain requirement to the club. So you can't just be like, well, this kid's really good. He's going to wrestle for M2 today and Young Guns tomorrow. Like Mm -hmm. basically it's like, okay, well, kid has to kind of pick and align with one club or the other club. Um, so you're not just like pulling these kids randomly for events. You're actually developing these kids as part of your club. Yeah. So I think that's really cool too. Um, and I think that's an important aspect uh, to it. You know, obviously Young Guns and us are unique because we're like so close together. Um, and we don't have a ton of overlap between the two clubs, but obviously just you, uh, you know, you want to have like, the other ones are pretty regionally located, you yeah. know, and uh you know, I, and I just think that's, uh, I think that's going to be a cool thing as we continue to grow, you know, and as we add more places around the country, you know, it'll be, uh, it's going to be really cool to see how it tracks and progresses. Well, I was just wondering what the motivation for it was, and, but you answered it. It's, you know, just, you know, there's so many events. So obviously there's no shortage of events for kids to go to, but it's almost like, I don't know if like maybe some of these super elite kids are going to tournaments and they're just tech pinning everyone through the semis and they're not actual matches to them. So they want to like only wrestle these elite kids, but it's cool. You have different divisions, like the tier one, the tier two, the tier three. Um, and so the next events, Arizona in January and then uh, PA in April. Yeah. I'm December. I'm sorry. It's sorry, in December. The December and then in April. Yeah. So, I mean, it's good for every layer of, of your club, you know? So it's not like you're just trying to create an event and then these kids that come every single day, they don't get a chance to wrestle for your team. Like we had kids this weekend that were able to go compete um, that don't get a chance to typically wrestle for our club. And it's not because you're choosing one person over the other one. You just, you can't, I can't fill six dual teams, mm-hmm. you know, but I, you know, so, but now it's like, Hey, you can go, you can pick whatever weights you want to pick, whatever you feel is most competitive. Um, and then we can get you guys these matches. And it was really good. It was good for, for every, every level. Um, so it's uh, it was tough. It was tough balancing it because, I'm getting ready for the world championships, you know, so we're, you know, we're in this group checks. We're trying to figure out everything out, but you know, Mark and 
and Brad did a great job. You know, the kids looked really good, very prepared. Um, and we, you know, um, but it was, uh, it it was, it was a lot of fun. And, uh, I think our kids really enjoyed it and looking forward to the next one. Well, you look at the list of coaches there. Izzy posted a picture. It's like, that's like an amazing collection of talent. And uh, I'm sure it was just awesome <coughs> to be there. And, you know, Izzy's like the ultimate promoter. So if he's behind it, you know, it was going to go off without a hitch, man. I mean, that guy, he's unbelievable. Um, well, David, it's been awesome to have you on, man. I'm sure you're still kind of catching up after the Worlds. And it was just so awesome to watch you compete out there. And, you know, we're so excited for the next two years. And it's just uh, all good things to have, man. Any last words before we sign off? No, thanks. You know, obviously these podcasts are great, you know, appreciate, you know, obviously uh, plugging some things, you know, that's yeah. great. Um, but, you know, the next two years, it's, it's going to be pretty great. You know, I have an opportunity to win a second Olympic gold medal, you know, and uh, it won't be easy. What well, first one wasn't easy. You know, this one, it's, it's just going to be a different process. It's going to be a different, you know, obviously different things to face, but I think this weekend was a, you know, proving factor that you can do, you know, I, I can still do it at a really high level. And uh, I believe I still have a lot of progress to go. So, you know, I appreciate, you know, you helped me get on here and everyone that follows my journey. Um, we still, you know, we still got, we still got a couple more years and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And there's only been two, two-time Olympic gold medalists that I know of, Bruce and John Smith, and it happened at the same Olympics. Have there been any others or is that it? I think it's there was one it, more. Right? I think it was one more. Um, okay. This one we got, we got, you know, uh, we got, a, we got US, Team USA. I think we have four 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 people that can win a second olympic gold medal in this next olympics you know so um that that could be five snyder five snyder jb me helen tamara there you go um i think those i think that's the five um so we got a pretty pretty great thing going in the united states right now so it's uh we're all motivating each other awesome man well David, thanks again for coming on, man. We wish you nothing but the best, and we'll talk soon, my friend. All right, thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Wrestling Changed My Life with the magic man, David Taylor. This episode was brought to you by the Frog Ninja Wrestling Club. Go to frogninjawrestlingclub.com to register for their preseason wrestling camp. frogninjawrestlingclub.com to register for their 2022 preseason wrestling camp. For all past episodes, please go to WrestlingChangeMyLife.com. And that's it, folks. We'll see you on Wednesday with a new episode.